0: Hi, we're... A bunch of high school
1: students from Muscatine, Iowa, trying to make a dent in the universe. And this is our podcast,
0: Locally Global!
1: More than 700 million people struggle to survive because they can't afford to. Us as humans are linked, meaning that increased poverty decreases growth, and decreased poverty increases growth in all forms. Hello, everybody. My name is Natalia Fry, and this is episode one No Poverty. In this episode, I will be sharing what experts and everyday people have to say about poverty. I hope you all will leave this episode with a deeper understanding and continue to ask questions about our changing world. Now, back to the reason we're here, poverty. Poverty is when people don't make enough money to support themselves and their family. And the longer they're in poverty, the harder it is for them to get out.
2: not having enough to enable your family go on, not having enough of resources to enable your kids go to school, or enable your family maintain certain standard of living, uh, lack of uh, life satisfaction, uh, feeling miserable. So these are all the measures that for me mean poverty.
1: Nevina Kulik is a lecturer at the University of Florence in Italy. She also occasionally does consulting work for the UN.
0: In Muscatine the average housing rent is higher than it is in the area except for Bettendorf. So what happens when housing pressure is high then people have to rob from other areas of their of their budget to pay for that. So often nutrition suffers because they don't have as much money for food. Or they can't keep their car maintained because they're giving too much they're giving more than they can afford to rent and now they don't have transportation to get to, to work or to the grocery store, so they walk to maybe a gas station. The food's more expensive, and now they have less for nutrition. So, all those things affect nutrition in the home. We see the outcomes of health because housing is high, so it kind of robs from when you're going to spend on medicine, and along those things. Charlotte Schaefer
1: is the executive
0: director of the Community
1: Foundation of Greater
0: Muscatine,
1: which is a nonprofit organization working to improve the quality of life. Both have done immense work on poverty and have plenty to say about it. No,
2: poverty is the first goal because it enables everyone to be at, in, at, uh, at uh, decent economic conditions and then be able to achieve everything else. Because material, if we talk about material poverty, and this is actually the, the one of the goals is actually eliminating material poverty, it is giving everyone the equipment to live uh, a decent life and meet the basic needs. And then after the basic needs needs are met, everything else can come in. This is the first element and, and the most important for every human being.
1: Eliminating poverty is a very important goal. And that's why the UN had made it the first priority for all developing countries. Eliminating extreme poverty is the first target of the Sustainable Development Goals, which is a series of targets the UN set to all participating countries. Extreme poverty is people living on less than $1.25 a day. However. Since these goals have been created in 2015, the world's poverty rate had plunged. But why should we care about people in poverty? Why can't they just get a job? Well, it's a lot more complicated than that. Let's take a look at Samantha Fry. She is currently a successful preschool teacher in the Davenport School District, but she grew up in poverty. Throughout our interview, I could hear the tears in her voice. I could tell her childhood was a very touchy subject for her.
3: Well, school was hard for me because I didn't have the support that a lot of children have at home. I didn't have anybody to work on my homework with me, and I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on in school brings a lot of shame. Like, you don't want people to know that you don't understand, but you really don't understand. So I kind of really avoided people. I didn't have a whole lot of friends growing up. I thought everyone was judging me. So I just kept my distance from them. Samantha told us a lot about what it's
1: like growing up in poverty, and it made me feel that no one should grow up like that. No one should grow
3: up alone. So when I was growing up, my mom wasn't around much. She, she worked a lot, and it was just me and my sister, who is 10 months older than me. And as a child, I always felt like it was me and my sister against the world, because all we ever had were each other.
1: Samantha also talked a lot about how her mother was always working, about how she didn't learn how to read until she was in the sixth grade and about things children should never have to go through.
3: I could tell she was fighting tears. I think it's about the time that my mother didn't spend with us. The support that she didn't offer us when it came to school. um, I think it, she wasn't very emotionally supportive because she was never there. She was busy working. We also suffered a lot of trauma as children. My dad was an alcoholic that beat up my mom. Our babysitter growing up was a child molester. Like, we experienced a lot of things that, you know, if we could have, if my mom could have afforded to put us in um, daycare or a daycare center, that probably we wouldn't have gone through or experienced but we just didn't have the resources for those things. It wasn't necessarily about buying things.
1: Charlotte Schaefer is one of thousands of people, part of one of hundreds of organizations working to fight this threat. Charlotte is the executive director of the Community Foundation of Greater Muscatine, which is a nonprofit organization working to improve the quality of life. In our interview, she gave me a lot of facts and statistics, most of which I had to ask her to explain. However, once she explained them, I felt like I understood so much more.
0: I don't know if you're familiar with the Alice report, but the Alice report shows how many people can't consist how many households can't consistently meet basic needs within our community on a on a consistent basis. And I think the last time we looked in Muscatine it was or Muscatine County it was maybe forty-eight percent. So there's a strong number of people. When you look at the poverty rate levels, it's around fifteen percent for Muscatine, it's higher in West Liberty, it's a little bit lower in Wilton, but we've got a lot of folks that are experiencing poverty. And then when you look at the children, we're just under 50% on free and reduced within the Muscatine community. It's a little bit higher, I think, in some of the outlying areas. But the majority aren't free, not reduced. So that shows the level of difficulty financially those families have. And so it's a big part of the conversations we have at the Community Foundation. It's a piece of the funding we do at the Community Foundation. And it's also a piece of some of the designated funds that we have at the Community Foundation.
1: Did you know that 1 in 5 children are growing up in poverty? I didn't know that until I talked with Sharla, and that made me think. 1 in 5 children are growing up similarly to Samantha. What's being done to change that? When I asked Sharla about that, she told me about so many different projects that their organization had funded and even started. I was utterly amazed. I had no idea so much was being
0: done. We have funds specifically on nutrition. We do granting around nutrition and trying to help children. But we know when your belly is empty, it's hard to fill your head with information, right? And so how can we help with that? We have housing funds available where we, we provide money to nonprofits that are working to provide affordable housing. We have had some housing actually purchased through some of the funds we have to provide some of those housing. We have health funds available. We fund those. We actually recently funded the Wellness Center that is put in the lower level of the homeless shelter so that when people are there, they can get health services. If transportation is a barrier, they have those available. We help with mental health services and we funded some of those programs. We funded pediatric dental programs directed toward children in poverty.
1: I could tell Charlotte loved her work. She told me everything with admirable enthusiasm. When I asked her why she chose this career, this is what she said. It's
0: rewarding. Sometimes it's difficult. It's, honestly, I'll just end with saying it's a true privilege.
1: As I mentioned earlier, Sharla is only one person fighting. Nevina Kulik is also someone who works against threats like this and she does it through education. Nevena is a lecturer at the University of Florence in Italy. She also occasionally does consulting work for the UN. Nevena's focus is around inequalities, but she's done work on poverty in the past.
2: Poverty falls into this wider umbrella of inequality. Inequality means that people have unequal resources and unequal access to resources. Poverty means that there is a threshold below which certain people fall and this threshold is uh, unacceptable from different points of view. Poverty is a very specific term within uh, the whole umbrella, but it is closely related.
1: In our interview, I learned that not only is poverty and inequality, but there are so many inequalities in poverty itself. Did you know that single mothers in poverty are at a huge disadvantage?
2: Many women are differently influenced by poverty, and what are the consequences?
1: Nevena also talked about the effects of people in poverty about how poverty can be detrimental to the individual as well as a society.
2: The impact on people in poverty can be detrimental because if they're not helped in the right way, they can be marginalized. They can also be socially excluded. They can have different uh, behavioral problems because of the failure to integrate. Poor people, especially aggregation of the poor, creates problem for the society as well because it cannot function efficiently. There is a large proportion of population that maybe has special needs. If these needs are ignored, then the whole society has an issue with that and cannot work efficiently. Facing the problems of poverty at all levels is fundamental for society.
1: Navina then goes to talk about all the different ways countries are dealing with this problem. She also tells us about how some countries are dealing with this issue better than others.
2: And there are countries that are dealing with this argument a bit better because of the way the policies and the states are organized and how they work. Europe, in some situations, works a bit better in this regard because of the specific policies and the role of welfare that give people better possibilities if they are poor.
1: Poverty is a serious issue. It affects so many different areas of life, not only for the individual, but for society. That is why there are so many good people and organizations working to fight this issue. People like Charla, who are creating funds for many projects. People like Nevena and Samantha, who educate others about these issues. Organizations like the Borgen Project, and even the UN Office of Coordinating Affairs, or UNOCA for short. All these people and organizations are fighting in many different ways to support people in poverty and even pull them out of it. Linked in the description are different organizations who fight poverty and you can support them with less than a dollar a day. Tune in next week to learn about the effects of weather patterns, food deserts, and malnourishment with Lex Osborne in episode 2 Zero Hunger. This episode was produced by Natalia Fry and was possible due to Gina Steffens and Katie Thornton. Thank you both for your words of wisdom. Special thanks to Mr. Hayes for letting us use his technology and a few special thanks to Samantha Fry, Charlotte Schaefer, and Evena Kulik for taking the time to talk to us.